Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, welcome. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer from TalkSport and The Cricketer, your one-stop shop for all things county cricket. I'm John Norman and every Wednesday will appear in your podcast feed alongside former Durham star bowler Steve Harmison, George DeBell and Nick Friend from The Cricketer. You may of course also be listening on TalkSport 2, this being the only weekly national radio show devoted to county cricket. So if you are, welcome. Coming up on today's show, you will hear our moments of the week, a full review of every game that took place in Divisions 1 and 2 of the County Championship Player Watch, where we keep a season-long tab on the individuals we picked out at the start of April. And we will have a look at the best on offer on the Cricketet website this week. So, pleasure to talk about today. You're listening to Following on County Cricket. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, myself, John Norman, uh, George DeBell, Nick Friend and Steve Harmison. I think I can speak for all of us when I say at the end of last season, we were all gathered around the YouTube streams or listening to county coverage as um, Liam Norwell took nine for. And Warwickshire avoided relegation, didn't they, on that final day. Yorkshire sent down. I, I kind of felt like we were all in the same position on Sunday with uh, an extraordinary game between Warwickshire and Kent. There was um, a match between Durham and Worcestershire as well that was keeping us all spellbound. And the Hampshire, sorry games, not sorry Hampshire, but uh, let's start off with Warwickshire. At the start of the day, the halfway point of the day, it was looking like just a regulation, comfortable win for Warwickshire. Turned out to be anything but. And it was a quite brilliant end, actually. There's so much riding on it, individually and collectively. But yeah, it's it's uh, it means that Surrey will go to Warwickshire in a couple of uh, rounds' time, taking on their who are the league leaders right now. But uh, I see Rob, Rob uh, Bagchi in the Telegraph has suggested Warwickshire have got the bowling lineup to win the county championship this year. Uh, your moment of the week, George DeBell, involved uh, involved that game, I believe. Yes, I know I saw that piece as well. It's interesting. Hey, Warwickshire have got a terrific bowling attack, no doubt about it. But so have Essex and Nottinghamshire and uh, Surrey and, uh, you know, um, no doubt somebody else. I'll tell you who hasn't, Kent. I don't know if anyone's doing that sort of cricket draft fantasy game, but if, like me, you get halfway through, you've spent all your money on batters, and you suddenly realise you've got to find bowlers, well, that's what's happened at Kent over the winter. It's amazing. I mean, one of their bowlers was 41 or 42, and he didn't even look the oldest. 
But that's not to take anything away from Warwickshire. It really isn't, because their bowling attack is fantastic, and they batted really, really well. So my moment of the week, and it kind of ties in, is two young fellas getting out in the 90s. The last ball of the game was Joey Everson, caught behind for 99 off Hassan Ali. You couldn't exaggerate how dark it was getting. I think there were meant to be six and a half overs left, but the game could have ended any ball. It, honestly, it could have been the very next delivery. So the time gained the previous day by Dan Mosley, who had to never score 100, but was out for 94 trying to hit a six, was absolutely crucial. And so my moment of the week was Dan Mosley's selflessness. He hit the ball. Oh, he hit the ball sweetly. I've heard loads about it, but I haven't actually seen him get a lot of runs. But jeez, he hits the ball nice. And um, he helped Warwickshire accelerate, get maximum bonus points, and declare three overs early within the 110 overs. And uh, by doing that, he, he won them the game. It was an absolutely massive moment. And it was it was classic fastball. It was selflessness. It was the opposite of what you used to see when a player would eke out 100, get his personal stat, and actually it wouldn't help his side win the game. So I, I, I was full of admiration for him. And I hope he gets the rewards uh, he deserved. He, he, he won the game for his side. We helped. What about you, Nick? You were at the Oval for a, a real nip and tuck affair. We'll talk about the match actually, because it was a it was a really good match. It was a kind of, I suppose, a little bit of the opposite of the Warwickshire Kent game. And so far, it was so close for three days, and then it just, it well, on the paper at least, it looks like a, a comfortable win. But um, Ollie Pope's obviously got a record that we all know about at the Oval against Hampshire, but that was something special again from him, wasn't it? And uh, must have been quite something to have been there. Yeah, because. Just said for three days, it was, I don't know, like a nine-wicket defeat will obviously look like a bit of a thrashing, but for three and a bit, three and a quarter days, it was a really close game between two sides of basically fourth side for the last two or three years. And it's basically 250 pays, 270 pays, 250, wasn't it, and essentially. And then Ollie Pope just, he averaged 126 against Hampshire and 94 at the Oval in all first-class cricket. It's a pretty freakish combination when you when you think that he well yeah well, that's where he plays and that's where he plays in home games and I think it's it's not just a little sample size that Abshaw I think it's twelve innings now I think it was one hundred twenty twenty two not out on Sunday and that was his fifth highest score against Hampshire and he's in his mid twenties whereas James Vincent the opposite side I think there's no ground in the country where he bears worse than the overall I think I think he averaged twenty odd there he just played just absurdly I mean, there were, He's a big Arsenal fan, Ollie Pope, and during at the tea interval, I think he was twenty-two off thirty-two, and it was during tea that Arsenal, the the, the the West Ham game finished, and who knows whether he was made aware that his side had dropped to a crucial point. So, but he went out afterwards, like a man, slightly possessed, slightly puming, and I think he was hundred off seventy balls after tea, which included included like ramping James Fuller for six, reverse sweeping Ian Holland for four. Uh, whacking Felix Organ for two six in a row to end the game. Do you know that my, my overriding thought, apart from the, how of how close the game it was uh, for most most of it, was that when people when we took, when, when we've done you know we spend a lot of time talking about basketball and stuff like that and how that translates to the county championship, you do sort of step back and watch one of the best players in the country playing like that and realise actually a big part of this is just that a lot a lot of other guys aren't quite that good. That's no disrespect to anyone. That's just like Ollie Poe was taking the mic out of out of Mohamed Abbas and Kyle Abbott and Keith Barkin and the best attack in the county in the country, you know, from what people were saying last week. And 
and he just made them look like school kids. But yeah, it was a proper clinic. Yeah, from Pope in all kinds of ways. It's ironic because he's the one that looks like a schoolboy. Okay, well, I promised uh, a look at uh, the County Championship, Division 1, that is. Five games to look at. Northants uh, beating Middlesex by seven wickets. Uh, Lancashire drawing with Essex. Nottinghamshire beating Somerset by 165 runs. Surrey beating Hampshire by nine wickets. And Warwickshire beating Kent by an innings and 14. Nick, you were at the game. We were just talking about Ollie Pope. But it wasn't just about Ollie Pope, was it? I tell you what, I don't know. Give me your thoughts, because I imagine that would, that's going to take some coming back from that defeat, because Hampshire were 114 for six in the first innings, and they battled back and they put a score on the board. They were um, in a similar straits, 119 for five in the second innings, so a lead of about 100, just past 100. And again, they put a score in second innings. But Ollie Pope, yeah. you know, really capped off that day, but it was a perfect day for Surrey. Rattled off the last five wickets to just 45. Good century partnership between Burns and Sibley set Surrey up and then Pope did what Pope did. But where did Hampshire go from here? Because they fought for three days. And whilst you saw wickets for Abbas, six for in the first innings, we know they're, where their strengths lie. You know, I'd be disappointed with the, the, the Vince dismissals. Is Liam Dawson batting one place too high, especially if he's not going to bowl too much? That was a big win for Surrey, but an equally big defeat for Hampshire. So um, how do you think they're going to react to that? You can't tell the future, but, you know, how do you think they, they will be feeling off the back of a defeat like that? To be honest, I, I don't think there was a moment in the game where Hampshire were ahead. Like, I think they did a lot of, um, you know, Ben Brown's 95 on the first day, basically kept them in it, really. And then they take time back with the ball to, what, to a 21-run 20 deficit. And then, as you say, sort of fall the way back to the same, same kind of score in the third innings. I, I don't think they were ever ahead of the game, which... So it probably makes it easier to, to come back from, really. I mean, it reminds me a lot of a game last year that I spent new rats when Surrey beat Warwickshire in very similar fashion, where Warwickshire almost came into West. I think I guess what Hampshire really frustrated is like Warwickshire frustrated last year, and actually going into the fourth day is almost an easier passage to victory. Well, there's as much as the much a passage to victory for them as there was for Surrey. So, two hundred plus ahead, five wickets in hand, can you get yourselves another 100, 120, Dangle the carrot of a three hundred run target on the front. 70, 80 overs and see what happens. So I guess that fourth morning will frustrate them. And the fact they had a chance to save the game in that in, in, in that period and also to set up set up some kind of advantage. But um but I guess so I would say that is very much the champion thing, isn't it? You you know, Harvey's played in championship winning sides. Like it's four days. You don't have to win all four days. You have to win the key moments within those. And that was very much what Sorry did. You know, we're basically level pegging for three days and then were given an opportunity to chase 240 on a, on a bitch that hadn't deteriorated and knocked it off in their sleep. Yeah, you're right. It does remind me a little bit of that Warwickshire win. I think Surrey won three games last season where they shouldn't have won all three. That win against Yorkshire, one against Warwickshire, and there was another one. And that really was where the, the championship was won last year. I'm, I'm not, well, just, just, just to come on, on the back of that, leading into the Ashes, it's about, from a first-time Australia point of view, the players that have got England fringe players, players that have got England players available, they're the ones that will win the early rounds of championship matches because of the way their England players are going to perform. That their last day of the county championship game in the middle of the English test, England test summer, Hampshire possibly win that game because nobody can do what Ollie Pope does. Nobody wins that game for Surrey other than Ollie Pope. And I think you look at you look at Warwickshire, the way Warwickshire performed in a bowling unit. You know, Stuart Broad was heavily involved in, in, in Nottinghamshire. 
even though he didn't get many wickets, just having these players around just raised the level of, of everybody else. And I'm not sure Oli Pope, you take Oli Pope away from Surrey as well, you know, well-connected Surrey you've got with a whole depth of players. Did they win that game? Did they chase down that total on fourth day, fourth in, fourth innings? And that's what you get with your England players. And when the England players come in before, my moments of the week, John, this week were about the celebrations of the players and the two overseas players that won games right at the very end. Yeah, Kunman at Durham and Hassan Ali, both, what, in their first or second game for their county? Yeah, county cricket's not dead. That's some celebrations was proved that it was right. But there was a quality of, of first-class cricket played this week because there was a lot of top interna- England internationals as well as future England internationals. George mentioned Maudsley there. I asked Dean Bell two, three years ago where I sat next to him at Warwickshire at a, at a test match. So he got any good young ones? And he mentioned Maudsley. He said, this kid is ridiculous. We are fantastic. I think Billy was still playing then. So these these young lads are getting a chance to play with the best players. And then we're... Some of them fall off because they're not good enough. Some of them inspire because they are good enough and they will get. So the young players playing with Pope, the young bowlers bowling at Pope will raise their game. And that, for me, them two celebrations were huge on my moments of the week. But a lot of what I want to see county cricket and the way county cricket is played by these players now was in these first two rounds. And especially this week, games going a distance, Cook and Anderson going head-to-head with everybody else around them. Broad, heavily involved in. They are greats of our game. were there for everybody to see. And I thought, yeah, whether the standard was up or was down, doesn't matter. It was competitive. There was some good competitive cricket played this week. I think there were 11, 11 full internationals playing in that sorry Hampshire game. And there were 12 when Sorry played Lanch in the week before. And I don't know, I, I, I know people say this every year, but it has felt like in these opening two rounds has been a lot of very high quality cricket played between a lot of very quick actually when I spoke to Cam Steele last week he he said it felt like this film has become and like and it's obviously not franchise cricket but like a, a, a Red Bull franchise column been the number of young players who are, who are currently involved the number of and also the number of counties who've realised what you can do overseas wise I think it's been you know we're saying we're, we've still got uh, counties are seeing that I don't know sort of the windows if that makes sense you, you know seeing see the benefits to bring guys in for five weeks at a time, seeing where it will benefit the player, seeing where, you know, take Kent, for example, as, as George said, I mean, they're bowling attacks and a bit of a rabble at the moment, but they've got Wes Agar in for a few weeks because frankly, it suits Wes Agar to be over here with an Ashes series coming up and he knows what there is to gain and he's sharp and he'll add something that they don't have. But then Arsene Singh comes over at the end of the IPL and, and there's, a, there's a lot of joined up thinking be done. That Hampshire Surrey game, you've got Kimar Roach and Marmon Abbas and Arn Abbott and Sean and Sean Abbott, you've got four blokes who you know, two of whom are here long term, Abbott, sure, well, sorry, three, three of whom are here long term, Sean, Kyle, and, and Mamad Abbas, and then Gibar Rose, who have six games initially, but could come out next to the season. Like, the council are realizing what you can do, particularly with more and more, particularly, this, you know, I guess with the proliferation of the white ball stuff and the T20 circuit, I guess knowing where you can find your overseas players and the benefits they can have. Well, Pakistan. And, yeah, Pakistan. And, and I mean, the idea—continued boycott—is very helpful to counter cricket. Yeah, and then you know, for all the talk of Steve Smith and look at the number of high quality Australians coming over here in this summer because they, you know, they can see the benefits. You know, if you if you average eighty with the bat, let's say through six weeks, you suddenly become quite hard, you know, quite hard to to overlook. Marcus Harris starts the summer with one hundred and forty-eight to, to save a game, and there's a possibly an opening berth in the Ashes side for Australia. And this, 
it, it makes a lot of sense, but it also feels like it's felt like a very high quality start. Well, what better time to talk about Middlesex, then, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're batting at the start of the tour- at the start of the series. We were looking uh, at what we thought was a, an incredibly strong top five or six, but they've they struggled again. They went down to North Ants. I think it still is. Well, no, it is. It is. Well, two I, I, two matches don't change anything, do they? But, I mean, the yeah, process of writing something that's vaguely mitigation based. Well, okay. So give us an give us an idea of how you mitigate. I mean, what are they hundred well, I mean, seven they're in the second top, innings, only two three. men reached the double figures in the first innings. The top three are fifty two for twelve, so that's not a great starting point for the mitigation. But it's no mitigation is a word, and you know, Mars David, Sam Rosman, Sam Rosman, Peter Milan don't need. So I'll just, you know, sit here and say, oh, you know, poor guys. Like, it's tough to open the batting, but they're experienced, they're experienced top order batters. They know the job. It's, it is tough. I think they've had it tougher than most. They had one hit each in preseason. Peter Milan's hit was the day he arrived from the country. They didn't go on a preseason tour. They, and I know that's the same lot not other counties. They're not alone in that. I wouldn't have wanted, all that being said, I wouldn't have wanted to start my season against Walter and Cook and Lords at the start of April. And I certainly wanted to, wouldn't have wanted to face Ben Sanderson on a wet one at Wanted Road. We actually, with a batch of balls that Ben Sanderson says is doing heaps more than it did last year. And as I say, look, that is all, that's, they shouldn't be 52 to 12, obviously. But in a really weird way, it feels quite hard to be too concerned with them in a sense, because you know they're quality players. I mean, they scored 2,000 runs between them last season for Middlesex, and Milan played five games, Stoven got 1,000 runs. Robson was being taught for England recall this time last year. They're just good players. They'll be fine. They'll work it out. They'll be 80 for two in a week's time. All you'll be listening to this is they're 10 for seven or something. And I'll, 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 <laughs> That's the thing, though. That's the thing. If, you, if you've got young players, if they've got young players, they capitulate and their season's gone. These are experienced characters. Norman, Rolton, and Bellad. If they'll work out, I know, knowing Rocky as I do, he's a very, very honest man on himself. And Rocky will be telling them, he'll be having a good conversation with himself. And He'll also understand that if it's not his fault, if he's got a couple of guns, then he'll also go well. Over sixteen, over sixteen match, uh, fourteen matches, twenty odd innings. I'm I'm going to get a couple of guns. Unfortunately, I've got them in the start of the season. If you watch back Stoneman's dismissal by Sam Cook in his first innings of the season, I reckon if you showed it, if you played it back to him and said face that ball again, he would do exactly the same thing again. He he slars into Nipswell. He doesn't. He doesn't. Hands off. Well done. And that's the thing. They've not. I don't. You know that particularly that top three. Wouldn't say they've got themselves out. Um, they've nicked everything, and they were on the rough end of a couple of marginal LBW calls against Essex. And actually, the other issue I think that is this certainly nationwide is because of and only quite interesting because of the rain we've had and because of the amount of two cricket that's played on club grounds, very very little second team cricket. So if you are middle set, if you're a middle set bouncing on, you know, let's chuck in Josh Decares for example against Knotts, you're asking a kid to come in, face two abroad and Dane Patterson at Lords, overcast conditions, having literally not had a hit this season, so there's been no twos cricket. In the same way, you can't really tell, there's no way really for Stoneman, Milan, Robson, any other guy who's short or under the start of the season to go and find it, because the rain has just basically walked on underneath the start first-class crowd, and frankly a couple of first-class crowds as well, so you know, as much as guys have to sort of work it out on the job in the middle of a busy season at the best of times, that, that, you, that is really the case at the moment. You, you know, short of, short of the grass nets and the nursery ground at Lords or, or elsewhere for other counties, that is basically what you got. So you do just have to muddle your way, muddle, muddle your way through. 
Okay, let's muddle our way through. We're coming to the end of this section. We're uh, we're going to be back. We're going to uh, we're going to move division one through to section three. Um, plenty more to talk about. We're still going to talk about uh, Nottinghamshire and Somerset and also Lancashire with Essex. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TalkSport 2. This is following on County Cricketer uh, in conjunction with the cricketer, George DeBell, Nick Friend, as well as myself, John Norman, and Steve Harlison. Still plenty more to come on the show. Okay, two matches that we haven't uh, spoken about in Division 1. You were making mention of the England players in and around the game. Harmy, uh, Stuart Broads. Weighed in with a couple in the, as Nottinghamshire beat uh, Somerset. Um, and a crucial first wicket partnership, really. Setting knots up for a win there. Hamid and Duckett. So, um, not so don't have Duckett and uh, Broad for much of the season. But it wasn't just about those. Uh, Dane Pattinson taking his 500th first class wicket. Nine wickets as well for uh, Brett Hutton. But that was, uh, that was a good win for Nottinghamshire. George, Thoughts on Somerset's start to the season? Their, their batting was a bit all over the place and inconsistent last year as well. Seems seems to have been the case again this year so far. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a worry for them. <clears throat> Unquestionably, it's it's a worry. But I think that much of the mitigation that was mentioned there about Middlesex applies to Somerset as well. It's a little bit too early to panic. Although some some friends who also support uh, Somerset and um, we always start the year with exchanging texts that say this is the year because obviously Somerset never won the championship and we have already exchanged texts that say <laughs> maybe not this year but uh, yeah I, I, you know sometimes you do just have to remain calm and I think Somerset do have some very good uh, batters some very good very excited young batters and quite a lot of good all-rounders as well which gives them some depth and I think they just need to keep their head you can get unplayable balls at this time of year and, um, you know, it's no disgrace to be bowled out by a side, rub out lots of tack. But, yeah, a bit of a worry. They're looking just a bit flimsy, aren't they? Yeah, I'd say so. Even at, I know what you're saying, it is too early to panic, but even at this early stage, 
can we already make quite a case for who's going to finish at the top half of the table and who's going to finish at the bottom half? Actually, I don't think we can. I just, I think just, just, I, I, I'd say Warwickshire might be a barometer team. If they, their attack is really, really good. But Kent were pretty poor in this last game. So Warwickshire top of the table right now, aren't they? And they play Surrey, and I would just just wait until they've played Surrey to make too many judgments. That bowling attack's going to be that scene bowling attack's going to be terrific all summer. But so you know, there are some questions about the batting. Of course, there are. They're backing young players, and those young players look really good. But you know, they don't come with guarantees. So you know, you'd be amazed if Surrey were in the top three, but uh, and you'd be pretty surprised if Kenwood in the bottom three. But there's an awful lot of teams that could interchange, I think. But I don't know. Harmy, you disagree? No, I think I think Surrey and I think the Hampshire have got the bowling units. Essex have got a bowling unit. We'll keep them in around that mid, mid-table mid area. I think Warwickshire. Warwickshire will have, even if their batting doesn't fire, Chris Wokes will have for the majority of the season because we're trying to get that Ashes team. Probably it doesn't quite get in at this minute in time. And I think if their batting fails, Wokes will get them out of trouble batting at number seven, number eight. to get them enough runs in a position for their bowlers to, to win them games. So I think Warwickshire will be up there in the top four, top five. Lancashire as well. I think that will be that. And then the dogfight at the bottom will be can Middlesex get runs? Yeah, is their bowling the flat wickets? Is their bowling have they got enough? Roland Jones, yes, is a quality performer, but I think Kent, Northampton, they'll be the ones at the bottom and they'll they'll struggle. I think there'll be a, a top five and a and a bottom five and I think there'll be a, a big difference between them two. Knots, they've got a fantastic bowling unit. They're gonna lose Duckett. I think there'll be a lot on if they can possibly get some overseas you know, reinforcements in the in the batting department once Duckett goes. Clark has to perform now. Well, there's a lot of talk about young Clark being young and in the, on the edge of the England cricket team. Well, I think it's now or never for, for Clark to keep knots in that sort of top five bracket. But you know, watching the game so far, the team that finishes above Surrey win the championship. And unfortunately for... Everybody else other than John Norman think the Brown hat as they're going to win a championship again. They're just too strong. I just think that they are going to lose a lot of players and they might lose their coach. I mean, you know, that's a bit provocative. But it's not even... A director of cricket. Uh, the battle not go. Well, maybe not. But Alex Stewart deserves in his career to have the director of cricket or head coach role at England. He's been offered it, I think, twice. Not been able to take it. Maybe there's something poetic happening here where he gets it as an interim and wins the Ashes. I don't know. I mean, George, dropping, no? dropping that well. Just, just that. I, know, I mean, it's what are you, what a possible it? scenario, is it? I mean, I, I, I don't think I've gone completely mad, have I? Um, plenty of talk about Lancashire, not only, uh, not, not the least, the front page of the Cricketer magazine, Lancashire, <laughs> going uh, to win the title. You know, their first inning batting in both matches hasn't really suggested a team that's going to uh, rely on uh, churning out big runs. Um, they put themselves under pressure again. They uh, they came back as a draw with Essex, rain affected. Um, you were impressed by George Bell, weren't you, Harley? Nice inning Very much. of 60. Anderson with five wickets in the match. And, of course, my moment of the game or the week. I, it just made me think, you know, I was watching it, as I'm sure everyone was, the images on social media of Alistair Cook being dis- I thought it was very unfortunate in the first innings, but essentially being uh, dismissed by Jimmy Anderson in both innings. And, and 
as much as I enjoyed watching it, it did make me think, you know, are we ever going to see that kind of situation occur again where, you know, A, an England batter of such renown isn't going to retire the moment he stops playing for England and he's going to go back to his county and coming up against his great friend, a man he captained at international level and, of course, England's most successful run scorer against England's most successful wicket taker. I'm just, I, I was just thinking, is that ever going to happen again? I, well, I guess you need someone to overtake them as England's leading run scorer and wicket taker for that to. Well, exactly. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think we'd be alive if anybody does. <laughs> he doesn't. You're doesn't right. That, be, is, that is special, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't need to be record breaking run scorer or wicket taker. But as you say, it's just a shame that it was curtailed by, by the first innings decision. Yeah, there are so many great matchups. You know, uh, uh, Wokes v Crawley is yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, Rushworth v Crawley was bullying, but Wokes v Crawley. You know, there's a lot of good matchups in catch cricket. But you're right, Anderson Cook is really special, isn't it? I couldn't stop laughing because when Jimmy appealed, I've been there many, many times. I remember one game against Lancashire where I hit Andrew Flint off in the shoulder and got caught a slip, and everybody's gone up. And it was a great appeal against him. Was a very very young and naive umpire just on the scene. It was his first first class match, and I berated the umpire, going, "Come on, mate! You, you, I know you want to watch Fred bat, but geez, you've got to give him out. Just playing on the umpire." And to be fair, two balls later, LBW, it wouldn't hit another set outside or above, and his finger went up, triggering. And obviously, we all wet ourselves laughing, and yeah, you know, we've been done. And I, I did the umpire. I've got hands up. I I did. I quite a few times did that. And I just wonder if Anderson did that to Alistair Cook and the umpire. Because when Jimmy's appeal, it was a great appeal. Confident as well. He was playing for England in a test match. He's got up big time. And the umpire... Long as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was a long appeal. And the umpire's given it. Oh, it's Jimmy Anderson. And he's got to there. He's finger three quarters of the way up. And, oh, no, it's Sir Alistair Cook. So it was like, he's got to give the great Jimmy Anderson and keep him on side by giving him the LBW. And then halfway there, realised, oh no, I'm giving the greatest batsman of English cricket all time out, LBW, and it's sitting just outside off stump. So, yeah, I thought the second one was out, but the first one was nowhere near. Well, that's a bowler speaking. Um, we haven't got much uh, time, but there wasn't a lot to talk about in terms of Division Two. Gloucestershire against Yorkshire was uh, called off, abandoned without a ball being bowled. Leicestershire continued their good start to, to the season, rain affected draw, but. Uh, would have been interesting to see how that would have gone. Uh, 451 for Nye declared, hundreds for uh, Colin Ackerman and also a Leicestershire graduate, I noticed, Lewis Hill. But Harvey, your thoughts on Durham beating Worcestershire? A uh, century and 86 for David Beddingham. We had him in the TalkSport 2 commentary yeah. recently. He wants to play for South Africa. Three declarations in the match and um, just a feeling from Durham, especially that... Uh, Change at the top has just brought in a change of change of culture. Would you say is that is that change of culture, change of mentality, positive outlook? Alex Lee's only got twenty in the. But I watched him bat. He got twenty off twenty off balls, and if you get a chance to watch that again, he's completely reinvented himself. He's changed. He's not the blocker that we've seen in the West Indies. Um, he's got runs already this season. I think there's a there's a mindset change in in Alex. He wants to play for England again and he's trying to to change the way he plays so I was pleased to see that Beddingham batted beautifully so did Borthwick Cullerman bowled nicely as well you know we had him on the Cricket Collective yesterday and talking about even a spin bowler bowling one over before lunch 
that that sort of over that the captain chucks the spinner one over before lunch. You never used to get that in Durham in April, even because the spinner used to have his hands in his pockets. So it's just you just couldn't feel the fingers. But to see Durham win, get back on the horse and go, Potts is getting there and just looks as though he's striving that little bit. And it'll be interesting to see where his workloads go. But for me, it was a fantastic win for Durham. The one thing I will say on the second division and the one game that I want to highlight is the Yorkshire-Gloucester game. And all this high-performance review that we're going to change English cricket to play 10 first-class matches. That game there is the biggest evidence that we can't play 10 first-class matches in this country. We have to play a full team at minimum because of the weather that we have at this part of the time of the year and at the back end of the year means that we wouldn't we wouldn't get the the amount of cricket in that we, we need or justify from a, a first-class point of view. Um, and that there, for me, was another kick in the teeth towards the, the high-performance view of 10 first-class matches will never, ever be enough in England. So I'm pleased for Durham. Um, they got back on the horse and it's going to be an interesting week down in the valleys because Durham got a Glamorgan next and I think we we listened to Matthew his education in cricket and he had a lot of cricket played with a certain Manus Labashian and he said on the train on the way down to London yesterday he said I can't wait he said I've been texting him all week telling him I'm going to get him out so watch this space Durham fans hopefully you know our left arm spinner is going to get the best batter in the world out Right, well, you can listen to that interview in full, uh, along along with uh, a great interview between our producer, Scott Taylor, and the director of cricket for now, Alex Stewart, uh, both available on the following on feed. Um, okay, so we've had uh, plenty of questions in this week, and also I want to just have a little talk about a question that came through last week about the, the county streams. It's just something that might interest me, may not interest the listeners, you can tell me, might not interest you three. Uh, we've had uh, Lawrence get in contact, and this ties in with Player Watch. One of the players you mentioned at the start of the season, uh, George DeBell, was Ben Compton, who uh, scored more runs uh, in week two. Lawrence, L. Fletcher, 96, says, How many more runs will Compton have to score than Crawley to take his place in the first Ashes test? I think even if he scored 1,000 runs more than uh, Crawley in the next two months, uh, Crawley would still get a go. Your man did it again, George DeBell. Yeah, well, to answer the question, he won't get picked. Uh, under this regime, he's not going to get picked. But uh, his record is staggering. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw that stat I found over the weekend. Um, <clears throat> I believe Compo has the highest first-class average of any England qualified player in history. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? Uh, he scored 88, and had he got those extra 12 runs, he would have scored six entries in consecutive first-class games. I mean, whichever way you look at him, he, he is doing a lot right and when he bats you know he opens the batting with Zach Crawley so it does seem fair to compare their records uh he outscores him by you know he more than doubles the amount of runs that Crawley scores and I know that the amount of runs isn't everything but it's not nothing it's a fair way of judging a player I I understand um if he would be very frustrated but he has an old-fashioned game built on a defensive, a, a very firm, uh, strong, tight defence, determined concentration, you know, all those old-fashioned virtues. Uh, but he puts the ball away pretty nicely as well. I mean, he can play. Uh, yeah, he's he's very unlucky. He's out of fashion. Um, we've had a couple of other questions. That I think we've kind of answered some of these. Rob Caswell says, what's going on at Middlesex? Well, Nick Friend is about to release a 30,000-word uh, uh, article saying that it's everything's fine, nothing to see here, move along. 
Uh, he does say, why didn't Somerset's bowling attack get the swing that Hutton found? Uh, Dan, Pete Dan says, thoughts on Warwickshire's bowling attack? I think we covered that as well. Good enough to compete for the county championship this year. Yep, one of uh, three or four teams with a bowling attack that's good enough. And uh, Peter Hyatt, again, he mentioned something that uh, you said, George, all praise for Warwickshire's batting against Kent, but the Kent bowling attack was the weakest I've seen for many a year. So there you go. Get your questions in uh, to any of us on Twitter or via Cricketer or Talk Sport 2. One question that came up last week, and it's something I hadn't really thought about, to be honest, but I'm sure in, you're aware there's this debate in football, there's a kind of a blackout in football, whereas you can't watch any match that's screened at 3pm on a Saturday. And the idea is if they're all available on TV, nobody will go and watch low-league football. With the uh, the YouTube streams being as they are, now you can just sit back and watch your county play from your sofa in a way that you weren't able to in years up to now. Do you think that's a conversation that's taking place, um, Nick? I've not given much thought, but my thoughts on that is that I've always assumed that a lot of people watch the streams while at work, have it on as a secondary, as a lot of people do when they sit down to watch all those test cricket and you know, it's not always your only focus. And I can't think that anyone would sacrifice the reasons they go to go to watch a day's counter cricket for hundred overs to sit on the sofa and watch it on a Strictly, look, the streams are very good, but they are still, you know, they're still not full broadcast products. They're still, and obviously, you certainly don't get what you get at a day's play. Whereas with the football, a lot of that really is because, you know, that's at take Premier League level. Tickets aren't easy to come by. Tickets are expensive. Uh, you might live many miles from the ground. So it's 90 minutes. And I think they're two pretty different things, aren't they? And obviously, Premier League football and Mountain Cricket. I'm sure there's some kind of discussion because. As you say, particularly in some counties, they get they're getting so good that that there is you know that there is an argument. Yeah, that, that I'm sure people do do have that thought. But I'd, I'd have thought if you've got a spare day and you don't live too far off the county, then then you'd come down regardless, wouldn't you? Um, I think you'll get. I think you'll always get people watching cricket that will go to the ground. I don't think that'll drop off dramatically. I've all said consistently for the last few years now. I think first class cricket should be free entry. I think it get into the games and have free entry into the games. And then that alleviates the conversation about, you know, from a, why would you pay to go and when you, you can go and watch it in your house and in the stream. I think there'll be a lot of people, even if you said it was all singing, all dance and stream and put it in your house. I think people that go to watch cricket will, will, will consistently go to watch the games. And yes. that for me would never, ever change. I think there will, you'll, you'll always have the, the old guy who has basically looked after his cricket club on a Saturday and Sunday to get these these teams to go and play, but Monday Monday to Friday retired, given up his duties, finished with his work, and he now he now goes and watches cricket for six months of the year. I don't think that will ever change. I don't think that I don't think you'll even if you make it free entry. I don't think you'll get many more people going to watch, and I don't think you'll get many more younger people going to watch. I think the streams are excellent. But I don't think it, it, t- it takes away from the the the, the fact that you, whether you can sit watching on your computer screen or you watch on your TV, I still think you'll get the same amount of people going in through the gate. I think they're both I know, they're both for their own purpose. I think. Yeah, but I'm sure that's true. I, I think it's a good thing anyway. You know, these recent days watching county cricket, it's been bitterly cold, and with the demographic being as old as it is, um, I wouldn't blame them at all. And I'm sure some of them are staying at home and watching in more comfortable surroundings. It's not the same experience. But what you're seeing at several of the counties is <clears throat> they're very keen to monetize the streams, and why wouldn't they be? But the way to monetize it is with sponsorship. 
not not by asking people to pay. Catch cricket's not that popular yet. Uh, but, you know, I think um, I did a piece with Lancashire. Lancashire are looking towards India, uh, where they get a lot of views already. I don't know why, but they do. And um, they are trying to get an Indian sponsor to pay, you know, quarter, half a million pounds a year. And, and that is the way to go, perhaps. Um, but the, these are opportunities. They're not they're not bad things. You know, you could sit here and argue that Sky's coverage is so good, which it is, by the way. It, you know, it's incredible that it just uh, disincentivizes buying of test tickets. And it does, because you could watch with incredible um, uh, cameras, great insight from the commentators. You don't spend 170 quid on a ticket, which is, you know, what some of these Ashes tickets, you're not fleeced. When you want to go to the fridge and get a beer, um, you should have. You can make yourself a sandwich at lunchtime. And they get stumbled or um, uh, frostbite. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, you, you could you can find the negative in everything. I suppose is what I'm saying. But um, you know, these things are, are, are very positive developments. Yeah, I agree. I think it's positive development, and actually, I think it's aided my enjoyment of the county championship because it's made it much easier to follow. Uh, yeah, and also maybe um, I think uh, a lot of us who have been doing this for a while have thought for a long time, it's a great bloody quality here that the people aren't perhaps aware of. And actually, when the clips go viral sometimes or afterwards and people see, that, that, that's really wonderful. You know, we know that the county championship's not the most fashionable cricket competition going on in the world right now. Uh, but you could enjoy it and the IPL. And actually, you could watch them both at the same time if you want to. And it has been wonderful... Uh, entertainment, quality, and passion, as Harmy says, in in the last couple of weeks, and, and there'll be loads and loads more to come. Okay, we're uh, coming to the end of the show. I should uh, make mention of the Cricketer, of course, which uh, launched online membership across the app and browser. Um, in time for the new domestic season, readers can now sign up to the online content for three pounds ninety nine per month uh, by going to www.thecricketer.com forward slash digital subs and you can also sign up to a free account to access five members only articles each month so does that mean george that uh, you can get five free george the bell articles a month if you don't want to pay three pound 99 i i I presume it does but i mean then you wouldn't be able to get any of nick's stuff and you wouldn't know how good things are at middlesex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there's also I'd like to say I don't, I don't, I'm pretty anxious to read that one myself <laughs> a new and improved version of the app as well um, guys we're running out of time let's talk about our players then uh, that we picked out at the start of the season um, Jamie Smith didn't score many runs and dropped the cats in Surrey's win over Hampshire so that's me Doug Nick who are you looking at and how do uh, they do this weekend Sussex didn't play so Ali Orr didn't play and Tom Price got washed out for four days, so he didn't play. So okay, next good <laughs> week at the office. Um, they're playing this week, I think. Just as well, we did leave five minutes for this section then, because that's me and you done. Harvey, cast didn't play because he was having a he's having a rest, but he will be playing at um, at Glamorgan, and that will be an interesting test. I know Marnus Labuschagne has only just got here, but see cast against Labuschagne. That could be a, a, a nice little battle. Um, and Ollie Robinson got a uh, 15, 15, 20 in, in Durham's win. So, yeah, nothing to shout out for either. Save the shy, George. North for three. George? Well, well, well Josh Tung didn't play. <laughs> um, I presume he was rested as he comes back from injury. And um, But Ben Compton did play, but we've already talked about him. And he did terrifically. Uh, but he did. 
Uh, guys, where are you going to be this week? Tell me, where are you going to be? Are you going to be at a game or are you going to be watching Charlie or what? are you coming down to London? No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm watching Charlie on Wednesday. Um, he's playing. Um, and then last weekend was supposed to be the first cricket see- week of the season. So he was supposed to be playing at Maltworth, but he's now, and I don't even know where this place, Gems, is, somewhere in Gateshead. So he's playing down side of, so I'll be, be back to the deck chair, big blankets and... Big bags of sweets and sandwiches and flasks of tea sitting on the side of a, a cricket field on Saturday afternoon. My Mrs. Colt wins. <laughs> uh, Nick, where are you going to be? Uh, I'm going to start at Lords uh, for Middlesex and Knox, and then I do what happens there. I may or may not end up at Canterbury for Kent v Essex. Ooh, okay. Well, I might see a Lords possibly on Friday. And uh, George. Nicely, I haven't really uh, looked very far ahead uh, right now, but um, the the women's uh, tournament's starting as well, uh, so there are a lot of options, uh, but I haven't, <clears throat> I'm afraid, looked very far ahead. Guys, thank you very much for your time, and we'll be back next week to see whether Brendan McCullum is still the England coach. If you're just joining us, you're going to have to listen to the start <laughs> of the show to uh, understand what I'm talking about. Uh, but thanks for listening to us uh, here on TalkSport 2 or via the following on podcast feed. That was following on County Cricket. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 